Hello there. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. My name's Bob D, and with me to talk about the Warbore hyperspace qualifier is Adam. Hello, hello. And our friend Colm. Hello. This weekend they had their hyperspace trial down in Bromley at Warbore Games, and we now have the results in. And in the final, Phil GC was victorious, running Poe Dameron, Eloasti, and Yen Num. And Harrison Sharp conceded to him in that game, running the Y-Wings. And there were certainly a whole bunch of Y-Wings all the way down the board. But not the only interesting list. Did you spot anything that, that caught your eye, Adam? Yes, yeah, so the main thing, as somebody who tries to fly Imperials most of the time, caught my eye was Dale Cromwell coming in third with uh, his Imperial list. So it was Marek Steele with Marksmanship Fire Control System, and then Duchess, Mauler Mithil, Scourge, Scutu, and Howrunner, all with Crackshot. So four PS5 ships, uh, one Striker and three Ties, all with Crackshot, and then Marek Steele. So what, what's kind of stand out about this list is, I think, that Darth Vader isn't there. It's actually just Marek Steele, who is something like 20-odd points cheaper for... An okay ability. It's obviously not Darth Vader, but what it does do is allow you to take five ships at PS5 rather than Vader and some cheaper friends. So it puts a lot less focus on that one advance, I think. The mini swarm element of it is quite interesting with how Runner, Scourge, and, and Mauler. Normally, I think you'd be looking to see Iden Verso in there. Uh, yeah, especially with obviously Iden's ability to just stop a TIE fighter from exploding, for example. I guess, I think Iden's a He's a PS4, isn't he? Because he's one of the um, Inferno guys. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it doesn't stick to the, the five that Dale seems to have gone with here. His route seems to be rather than trying to kind of stay alive and grind it out a little bit with Aiden, he's just gone for the I'm going to kill you point of view. <laughs> like yeah. all of these guys do a ton of damage. They're all extra red dice. And then obviously Hellrunner's re-rolling it. Yeah, um, so, and I, I, they're all I-5. So there's not yeah. many things that are going to initiative kill Hellrunner. No. Really? So she's going to be around for the first engagement. Yeah. And Iden as well, because there's an advanced Unduchess in there, mm-hmm. she's not as useful because she can only protect TIE LNs. Is it only specific? Yeah, it's specifically TIE fighters, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Duchess and Striker is three red dice. Maul is an extra dice at range one. Scourge, I believe, is an extra dice in Bullseye. So it was all trying to pull that off. And Marek generates a ton of crits with both his ability, like advanced target computer and marksmanship he's the one who gets to pick out three so that's pretty scary if he's getting them on tasty boba fett has appeared paul fullon was was running in with fenrau and an autopilot drone and then finishing down with the the three and twos european champion ben lee with l337 with boba fett perceptive co-pilot fenrau and fearless yeah quite yeah these are lists that caught my eye because you've been thinking a lot lately about how good is Boba? Because people have dropped him like a hot rock, basically, up here in the north when um, the points changes came out. And we were thinking, you know, maybe he's not quite as bad as we thought. So seeing these, all three of those, well, you've named Paul Fullon and Ben Lee, obviously a regional winner and European champion, and Lloyd Bowman, who's also a very strong player, all brought Boba and none of them made the cut. I mean, it's only one event, so you can't read that much into it. But it is interesting to see him not as high up the field as you might expect. And they've all gone for heavy bids. I think looking at Paul Fullon's and, and Lloyd Bowman's list, where they've got the autopilot drone, to me that's just 
it's quite nuts, isn't it? Because you one, you're just automatically giving up 12 MOV, and you're kind of. I imagine it's there for two reasons: one, to scare a swarm, and two, for coordinates. Coordinate yeah. aspect is like you've got three turns to make use of that. Yeah, it's a very early coordinate, isn't it? I played against a, a similar list, the uh, the Ben Lee stuff this afternoon with an escape craft with Bobber and, and Fenn. And what happened was that Fenn and Bobber are so fast and they're, they're looking to take advantage of their abilities to, to move into weird places with action moves that they lose touch with the escape craft so that after three or four turns, you're actually out of range for the coordinates. Bobber's piling right into range one. So I can see a sort of logic with the self-exploding one but it goes back to the same problem that our old friend rubber ding and rapids had you are automatically handing over points to your opponent yeah and it, it's kind of a delayed two ship list as well which you know, we've seen a lot of two ship lists not do very well you know all your opponent has to do is dirtle for three turns and then you kind of reduce your own guns and the other thing is fen rao doesn't really like the whole coordinate thing because he's using his linked actions a lot so you're kind of actually limiting how effective this coordinate is going to be. You know, obviously, Bobber isn't hand-gunnering anymore since the point change, which does leave him unstressed a lot more of the time. Well, I think yeah, it's still and... good on Fenro because you can, he can't link a focus into target lock, for example. So it's one way no. to get him focus lock and maximize damage. He yeah. can do stuff like do a little cheeky pre-boost and then link that into a focus and clear it with a blue move and then take a lock. Like There's a lot of cheeky stuff you can do still. It's very true. I mean, it but does that, diminish once he's stressed. But. And that requires you to have not done it the previous turn, which is always well, no, the problem. You'll, you will be unstressed in that situation. Because you get your stress, you clear it with the blue, and then you do one action, so you'll be unstressed. Yes, but what I mean is the previous turn, you had to have not done a linked action after moving. If you start the round stressed, you can't be coordinated because you're yeah. unstressed. Yeah. But it's one of those decisions, right? Also, at the yeah. same time, he is going to get out of range, so... It's not an all-or-nothing thing, I think, where no, it has to get it. Yeah, it's. I mean, having played it today, it felt a little bit underwhelming. Boba Fett does not have the same toys that he had two months ago, and he is definitely weaker for it. You can see it. Just the way he moves, the way he's unable to position and with the actions. He, even losing the Marauder title is significant on him. Mm. And playing that with with such a massive bid, so that that Fenrau can milk the the boost in the barrel roll, just leaves you with a lot of ships that are expected to do an awful lot with very little backup. My game this afternoon, Boba Fett and Fenrau pinned Han very nicely indeed, but it did not take long for Han to get out of that pincer and let his support ships start to whittle away at both of them, and and he turned it around pretty easily. I'm I'm. I can see, theoretically, the advantages of the, the Boba Fett-Fenrau list and, and, and why it's good, but I think in practice, I'm, I'm unconvinced. I think Boba as well, he's not, he doesn't like Han, for sure. Having something higher initiative that can just boost out of his arc, it's, like the, it's the same thing he didn't like in first edition. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. And Y-Wing's absolutely everywhere. And yeah. the, the, the popular list seems to be... Five grey squadrons, all with iron cannon turret and veteran turret gunner. That's the the new quad TLT. It's the new triple jump master, isn't it? I mean, it's just raw efficiency, right? It's just like, here's something that's good. It's got tons of health, rolls tons of dice, cram it in. Yeah, I, I'm 
more interested in the the sort of variety lists the ones where instead of taking as many veteran turret gunners as you can you throw in a bomb here and there and that was robert mortensen's list he finished in the top four having gone five and one in swiss and his list was only a four y-wing list but he had proton bombs everywhere and and that looks to me to be a more interesting challenge so one thing about that is well there's two two things actually because you know i love talking so one from reading phil gc's blog i learned that he flew against the five y-wings twice and he lost both times and if there is a popular list that is going to be you know everywhere you want to make sure you've got a good matchup against that and i do think just having the extra body and the extra gun will give you the advantage why wings don't care that much about proton bombs i think that's like a more of a tie swarm you are kind of waiting for the the tie swarms to be everywhere as though as well though and i feel like the proton bombs are definitely anti that but the thing is again so talking about tie swarms we know they did well in preston but they're not really in this tournament so if you look at dale's list which is a non-traditional swarm it's almost five aces if you look for the more traditional kind of swarms the highest place one is 44th yeah maybe it's something that people don't need to be tacking as hard against uh, as they thought. alex burt is 21st with um, scum swarm oh true, true three true. mining guilds seavor ahav a pioneer shuttle and uh then another surveyor do you think he's actually bought six scum ties He'll have asked you to get the or borrowed base plates. I can only imagine that it's borrowing, like borrowing steel from. You'd hope, mates. wouldn't you? You'd hope. Oh well, yeah. Um, Podcast hosts are famously uh, silly when it comes to purchases, though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and cover yourself in your fifth A wing. Come on now. <laughs> I've finished painting that today. <laughs> nice. The the grey squadrons five up. It's, it's an obvious choice, isn't it? Because you, you're just maximising the efficiency. They've all got ion cannon. Four of them have got veteran turret gunner. You're hoping to get nine shots a turn out of a, a five-ship squad. But in reality, is it possible to do that, that magic nine-shot attack all against the same target? Probably not. Probably not. Unless someone I mean, does something very foolish. I mean, my, my experience of them is that because the ion cannon turret is only range one to two, it's really hard to get all of those ion cannons and, and veteran turret gunners pointing at the same target at the same time. And instead, what you've got is two ships at the front who've got the, the range two double shot and then three other ships that are, are backing it up. And it's still still powerful, but it is some of those sh- shots are going to be two red dice shots at range three, and they're not going to be too scary. So I've been thinking about flying this list and what i like and the change i'm thinking of making is adding in two blue squadron x-wings instead of two of the y-wings and that gives you a lot more flexibility because they can flank in you know with a boost focus they have three attack dice guns even at range three so i just think like do you think do you guys think that little bit of extra flexibility could be helpful well i i'm thinking that the beauty of the i say the beauty the terrible beauty of the of the Y wings is is just points efficiency, and as soon as you go to a different kind of ship, you're losing that a little bit. And what the Y wings have got is a turret and a lot of hull and a very solid, unspectacular dial and a chassis. You know exactly where they're going to be and what they're going to do. Whereas the X wings, a little bit less health, 
don't have the flexibility of a potential 180-degree arc. But I am thinking that, that having, to my shame, run five Y-rings, that the solution is, is possibly to stick bombs in in place of a couple of the turret gunners. You can strip out two of those veteran turret gunners and replace them with a seismic charge and two proton bombs. And then you've got five ships with bombs to sort out problems behind them with five turrets and two of those ships with the potential to get the extra shots in. And if you line it up right, that, to my mind, is, is probably a better list than the straightforward max out the veteran turret gunners and the, the iron cannon turrets, but without drifting too far from what is, at the moment, the most efficient ship in the game. Quite a claim. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I can't think of anything else that is as efficient as a Y-Wing. It does look like the Y-Wing has kind of evolved into the most efficient ship if you don't want to have a TIE fight, a headache by the end of round seven or however many rounds you're playing. You know, if you if you want something that's a bit, not to diminish everybody's um, abilities, because obviously Harrison has done clearly done very well to get to the top of this table, it's much easier certainly than flying a eight ties or however many of the horrible well, things you could fit in the list yeah but the and the efficiency issue is also involves footprint and the footprint of eight ships is very difficult to bring to bear on a single target but no one's and, flying eight tie swarm though well okay but even even the six because of the way that people like to fly tie swarm where they're in a very tight formation and where if they're going to get a shot it all has to be in front arc means that it, it can be very difficult indeed to get shots on a single target from all of the ships in the swarm. You just need to be on one side or the other and you're avoiding half of it. Whereas the the Y-wings and their turrets open up all sorts of possibilities with the 180-degree arc. If you've got a high initiative ace that's trying to outfly you, you just flip the turrets around in different directions and something's going to be shooting at that ace. And maybe you're going to have two or three different arcs on that ace, maybe four or five different arcs. And then that means that you can you can open up four or five different shots. So I'm thinking in terms of efficiency, I'm edging the Y-Wing ahead of your standard TIE fighter. But I think that's different than efficiency. Okay. But then we're getting into the reads on what exactly that means. I don't. I think that's a different thing to... Here's a Grey Squadron bomber with an Iron Cannon turret and a Veteran turret gunner, and it rolls this many green red dice, and it has this much hull and rolls a green dice. Yeah, I mean, for me, I am I am definitely including the 180 degree arc in the conversation about efficiency. If you position that arc in turn one in the right place, then you're covering all kinds of board. And to my mind, it's maybe a, a, a more interesting challenge to play against that list than than people think. It's not just about rolling a load of dice. It's it's very much about anticipating where the turrets are going to be positioned and, and trying to get into those little corners where you're not in arc. And then it's about picking out a particular target. Uh, and just like as with all swarmless, if you take out one piece, uh, you kill one of those five Y-wings, the, the swarm is less than 80% effective. It becomes sort of 75% effective. You take out a second Y-wing, it's not 60% effective. It's more like 50% effective. And as soon as you can get a, a bit of a chink in the armour, the whole thing starts to fall apart a bit. I am a lot less scared of it when it's not got veteran turret gunner, though. Like when, I, when I'm not in front of it getting double shot, I feel like it's got much more teeth to it. Yeah, if, you, if you're in front of it getting double shot, you need to, to sit down at a kitchen table with a three-foot board and a ruler and just work out some range control. 
because you have no business getting shot like that. And, of course, the winner, Phil GC, finishing in first place with Poe Dameron and friends. Yeah, Poe Dameron and buddies. Poe Dameron with Heroic, R4 and the Integrateds. Eloasti with Heroic and Nien with Heroic, Pattern Analyzer and Black One. Both of them, obviously, with the integrated foils. Three T70s. I think it looks fairly interesting. I've flown uh, something similar to it. I didn't use in the end, to be fair. Uh, I kind of flew it before everybody realized that Nien's ability was bonkers with Pattern Analyzer and Black <laughs> One. But Eloasti fairly fun uh he his ability is a bit of a damp squib at times but he does keep it all high ps the list i know yeah, you it's... prefer bb8 droid colm uh, over the r4s that's well, what he's gone for here yeah i think it makes him overall a bit too predictable like it makes him quite easy to block but i think phil has talked in his blog he quite likes having a quite deep bid so if you want that that's what it goes for it's also it's not bad i mean it's definitely not bad I just look at this, though, and I look at Elo and go, where's his action economy? And Yen, I mean, he gets really cool things on the turn. He does a red move and someone's in his front arc. But Phil must have flown his socks off. <laughs> I just look at this and thought, oh, you know, Elo gets into a good position and he rolls focus blank blank on one turn and you're kind of screwed. Unless yeah. you're in a very good spot. So, yeah, fair play to Phil. I think I would struggle to do well with this list. I think you're hoping that Poe gets into a late enough game that he can use his initiative and his, his grey ability to good effect here, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, well, congratulations to Phil and Harrison making the final table there uh, at Warbor. Looking forward next weekend to the hyperspace trial at Element Games in Stockport. There are some tickets still available. We are hoping it's going to be the biggest hyperspace trial event in the world so far, which will be really <laughs> exciting. So if you follow the links on the, the Sith Taker page to, to sign up for that, we'd love to meet you on, on Saturday. It's going to be really exciting. That's it from us for today. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Adam. Goodbye. And goodbye from Cole. Goodbye. <laughs> One hell of a pilot! <laughs> <laughs>